Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today is Sunday, May 16th, 2021. On this day in 1990, Christian Brando, the son of legendary actor Marlon Brando, fatally shot Dag Drolet. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we'll discuss the shooting of 26-year-old Dag Drolet by 32-year-old Christian Brando. Drolet was in a relationship with Christian's half-sister, Cheyenne. Let's go back to Mulholland Drive in the Santa Monica Mountains on the evening of May 16, 1990. It was a warm Los Angeles evening, and half-siblings Christian and Cheyenne Brando enjoyed dinner together. Cheyenne's boyfriend, Dag Drolet, stayed behind that night at Marlon Brando's Hollywood Hills estate. Growing up in their father's shadow wasn't easy for Christian and Cheyenne. The family was fraught with relationship drama, alcohol abuse, and dramatic custody battles. Cheyenne struggled with mental instability, drugs, and suicidal thoughts following a severe car accident. The 20-year-old was now eight months pregnant with Dag Drolet's child and was reportedly still using drugs. During the dinner with Christian, she implied that Drolet was being physically abusive. The accusation enraged Christian, and according to Cheyenne, he threatened Drolet's life. She managed to calm him down enough so they could finish their meal. Afterward, they returned to the Brando estate, but Christian was still fuming. He was protective of his sister, especially since her car accident. When he got back to the house, Christian confronted Drolet about Cheyenne's abuse allegations. Drolet was blindsided that the otherwise calm evening had turned into a shouting match. He adamantly denied ever mistreating his girlfriend and tried to de-escalate the situation. But Christian wouldn't back down. Before he knew what he was doing, he reached for his gun. Marlon heard the shot from another wing of the estate. When he reached the den, Marlon found Drolet collapsed backward on the couch. His son Christian was holding a gun, breathing heavily and panicking. Marlon did his best to administer mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. At 10.45 p.m., when he realized his efforts weren't going to bring Drolet back, he dialed 911. After Drolet was pronounced dead, police questioned the Brando family about the shooting. Christian told the officers that Cheyenne had claimed Drolet was abusing her. He explained that he was drunk and said he'd threatened Drolet, who fought back. As the two men tussled, the gun went off accidentally. 
But the scene of the crime didn't gel with Christian's story. According to police, the furniture was all intact and there was nothing to indicate that a real fight had taken place. Drolet's beverage was still on the coffee table, unspilled. In fact, when his body was found, Drolet was dressed in shorts and a t-shirt, reclining on a sofa with his right arm resting casually on the back. A remote control was still in his hand and the TV was flipping through the channels as Drolet's finger held down the button. His other fist gripped his cigarette lighter and tobacco. He'd been shot point blank in the face. Coming up, we'll hear the aftermath of the crime. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy, or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to the story. On May 16, 1990, Christian Brando shot his half-sister's boyfriend, Dag Drolet, in the head. While he claimed it was an accident, the crime scene belied his story. But Christian stuck to his version of what happened anyway. Deborah Presley, Christian's ex-wife, said, The story he told me later was that he thought the safety was on. He was just going to scare Dag. When he went up to Dag and said, you'd better stop, it went off. Christian doesn't have the guts or the courage to shoot a man. He's like a little scared boy. Christian's arrest in the high-profile killing made headlines all over the world. Jacques Drolet, Dag's father, was a retired, high-ranking Tahitian official. He said he'd actively encouraged his son to break ties with the Brandos. Jacques reportedly told his son, you're going to meet a tragedy with that girl. Your life together smells of tragedy. It smells of death. Two days after the shooting, Christian initially pleaded innocent to first-degree murder. His father posted a $2 million bond to bring him home. Cheyenne was charged with conspiracy in the murder of her boyfriend, but she would never face her charge. With her father's help, the very pregnant Cheyenne fled Los Angeles for her native Tahiti. Before she left, she told police that she didn't believe Drolet's death was an accident. She was confident her brother intentionally murdered him. Marlon checked his daughter into a mental health facility where she was declared incompetent to testify in her brother's trial. Polynesian authorities declined to force Cheyenne to appear in court. 
When Christian went to trial in January of 1991, he faced reduced charges without the testimony of key witness Cheyenne. He ended up pleading guilty to voluntary manslaughter instead of first-degree murder. In February, after a tabloid circus of a trial, at which the main attraction was Marlin's sometimes rambling testimony, Christian was sentenced to a decade behind bars. He ended up serving four and a half years. Later, Cheyenne claimed that Drolet had never actually abused her. Unfortunately, Cheyenne continued to battle mental health issues in the years following the trial. In 1995, at the age of 25, she died by suicide after losing custody of the child she shared with Drolet. As for Christian, though he'd been released from prison, he didn't stay out of trouble for long. In addition to drug issues and abuse allegations, in December 2004, he got entangled in another murder. This time, he was involved in the high-profile trial of actor Robert Blake for the murder of Bonnie Lee Bakley. Christian and Bakley met when she mailed him nude photos of herself while he was in prison. They dated briefly after his release, but she was seeing Blake at the same time. When she gave birth to a baby girl, she told both men that Christian was the father. But a paternity test proved her daughter was Blake's, who she eventually married. After she was murdered, Blake accused Christian of putting out a hit on her. He released a recorded phone call in which Christian said to Bakley, you're lucky somebody ain't out there to put a bullet in your head. Authorities, however, cleared Christian of suspicion. Despite having escaped another murder charge, Christian struggled to keep his head above water. Though his family was wealthy, his lifestyle led to him living on welfare and experiencing housing insecurity. His drug addiction eventually ravaged his body and led to a severe case of double pneumonia. He passed away on January 26, 2008, at just 49 years old. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson.